0: Hey, it's Coach Kate here, registered dietitian and owner of R.D. Kate Sports Nutrition. As a member of the LCC Stars Athletic Department, I teach our athletes what to eat and when to eat it on training days, competition days, and throughout the year. For over a decade, I've been helping athletes of all sports and levels meet their goals. R.D. Kate Sports Nutrition offers individual consulting, team services, on-demand courses, and downloadable handouts. For more information, visit rdkate.com.
1: Hello, friends, and welcome to Coach Cut's Corner. Ready, set, go, 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 go. Streaming bright from Michigan's capital city, this podcast is dedicated to helping you better understand the who, the what, and the why of mental performance, personal growth, and Lansing Stars baseball. On the Coach Cut's Corner, brought to you by IWash.
0: In collaboration with Lansing
1: Community College. And now here's your host, Stephen Cutter. Welcome back to Coach Cut's Corner. Today I'm joined in studio with Stars Baseball Assistant Coach Elijah Boyer and special guest, R.D. Kate. Kate Davis. Kate is a registered dietitian and currently works with our baseball team throughout our seasons. Today we'll cover Kate's journey with the Stars to the College World Series last season, her business, R.D. Kate Sports Nutrition, And of course, we have Elijah here to fill in some details of what it all looks like today from his fresh perspective. Thanks for joining me today, Elijah and Kate. How are you guys doing? Pretty good.
0: Doing great. Thank you.
1: So let's swing for the fences and barrel up the first question. How'd we all start working together? Do you remember?
0: Uh, I do remember, I believe you sent me an email, uh, which initially went to my spam box, by the way, and (laughs) somehow I found it, which was a little crazy, and I responded and we connected on the phone and just had really a very brief conversation, as we know Coach Cutter is a man of few words, and so very (laughs) Very brief, he asked direct questions, I gave him the answers and he said, all right, let's do it.
1: And I remember kind of what led to that, too. We went to our first College World Series, which was the 22 season, and we showed up there and we were smaller and not only in roster number, but we were just smaller. And we were really thinking we need to figure something out. And the best way to do that is through strength and conditioning and your nutrition. That was kind of what led to who's in the area and who looks like they have a good front. So that's how important like your website or your social media is and, you know, how important that kind of stuff is because that's that's what really came off is like, you know, this is a good spot and and we'll talk about some of the other teams that you've worked with. But um, what's really the main purpose between RD Kate's sports nutrition business? What is, what is the main purpose behind that?
0: So the whole purpose of what I do is to help make – I call it ordinary athletes, extraordinary competitors. And that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be the best of the best, but it's going to be the best that they can be from a nutrition perspective. So the first goal of what I do is injury prevention, keeping athletes on the field, on the court, doing what they want to do and that goes back to recovery when you have good recovery you prevent injury and then of course when you're recovering well you're going to perform better and so it yeah. all kind of it's almost like a backwards cycle that it all kind of builds on each other and so that's really my goal is teaching athletes how do I use food how do I understand food how do I be more efficient with my food choices how do I sift through all the misinformation out there and make this applicable to me for my goals for what I'm going to do and want to do but from my perspective it's yes all of that and I want to see you keep playing and performing.
1: I would imagine it's a little bit more challenging to connect with bigger teams. You know, the baseball teams has 45 to 50 players on it every year. And and that's probably a little more challenging than, say, connecting with, you know, a basketball team that might have Mm -hmm. 12 or 15, which I know you've done some basketball stuff. So how do you work through those challenges? Because obviously it's not so much about what you know, it's it's about how you can connect with that team. Do you find it a lot more difficult, you know, working with larger groups?
0: It's it's always challenging the more athletes you're working with, right? Like in an ideal world, I would sit down one on one with every single athlete of every team I work with, right? That would be ideal. But I think what I try to do first and foremost is have that conversation with a coach or whoever the staff member is that I'm connecting with to understand where have you been? Where are we going? Um, But more than that, get a sense of the team culture, because that tells me a lot about what's going to work with this team and what is not going to work with this team. And that's huge because I actually don't service every team the same way. And I think people might think, oh, you must go in and just like roll out a program, the same program for every team. And that's actually not true. It's very much catered to the culture, their goals, the issues that I'm seeing. Um, and Coach Cutter, as you know, I use like surveys with bigger teams. And that's, I ask very pointed questions because I'm trying to figure out where are the knowledge gaps? What did they most want to know about? Because that helps me direct my education and have the most impact.
1: I was reading some of your bio before you came in. And it sounds like you're somewhat of a writer. Do you want to talk about that? I think I saw editor-in-chief and mm-hmm. and yes, what's, what's I, going on with that?
0: I, I love... Editing, that's, that's probably one of my favorite things to do, editing. Um, I enjoy writing as well. So I have my own business, which means that I do a lot of different things, right? And so one of the positions that I have is as the editor-in-chief for what's called the Sports Nutrition Care Manual. And so if you would imagine like a sports nutrition textbook, if we took that and put it online, that's basically what this is. And so dietitians subscribe to this Annually, and then they can access all of this information on all of these different topics. And then it has a, a plethora of handouts that they can actually print off, use with their clients, use with their teams. So my job is to work with an entire board of editors to kind of sift through what's up there what do we need to update um is it updated you know to the most current research and then usually like I'm the last person that goes through and look at looks at all of the like handouts or updates that are going out before they get pushed out live
1: that's incredible do you ever sleep
0: <laughs> <laughs> I do i i I highly prioritize my sleep actually <laughs> eight, eight, to nine,
1: eight to nine hours right
0: i do mm-hmm. yes yes i have to i need my sleep have. that's mm-hmm. that's
1: impressive 3 30 this morning i was putting together a powerpoint for leadership oh, tonight and no. um you know 7 a.m i was yeah, up coach cud doesn't sleep for those it's who don't know brutal. um you know obviously you work with the stars baseball team and they're pretty good but tell me about a few of the other teams i, I saw team usa women's hockey
0: Yes, I spent just a brief time working with um the USA Women's Hockey and this was the team that went on that year yeah. to win the gold medal. That was a fabulous experience. Um just just uh, you know, a great group of women. Um I just kind of came in assisting for a short period of time. Um and then right after that I was given another opportunity to work with um USA Paralympics and so this would be for physically disabled mm-hmm. athletes. So sometimes people um confuse it with Um, the Special Olympics, which is for mentally disabled athletes. So I'm talking about the Paralympics that actually take place right after the Olympics. And this past um, Paralympics was the first time it really got a lot of screen time. They actually broadcast a lot of the Paralympics But anyway, um, I was given an opportunity to work with Goalball, which is for visually impaired athletes. And so um, they uh, train out of Fort Wayne, Indiana, and I started with them in the fall of 2018, and I'm actually still with them today. So I've been with them since 2018.
1: That's awesome. That is, that's pretty incredible. Coach Boyer, you went to a JUCO. From your experience, how uncommon is it for a team to have a registered dietitian?
0: Everything we have is uncommon. Compared yeah. to what I was used to. Yeah. Um, yeah. Our dietician was the cafeteria ladies. <laughs> and they were just <laughs> loading you some us up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she, she, she was my favorite. <laughs> we actually took pictures with her at the end of the year because we got so close. She would, she'd be like, Oh, I you know the baseball boys are coming day, yeah. in. Yeah. <laughs> she'd she know the exact time the baseball team was coming in because we had so many guys and we would just wipe, wipe it out, wipe the food out. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny.
1: So I want to talk a little bit about year one. When when you started coming in, it w- was definitely new to our players because most of them, and some of them had had a little bit at the high school level, but anybody that had returned here certainly didn't have any of the knowledge that you were providing. And I was a little bit wondering how it was going to go because as i said earlier uh, most everything is about relationships and connection and you can really know a lot of things but if you can't connect with the audience that you're talking to it really just it doesn't matter you know and so when you're standing up you know we had 40 uh, some kids sit in the bleachers and kate came in i think the first week of practice and uh, that year one and you know you're you're presenting and she got them to start doing some things together and coming down and holding up different things and i thought i, th- I think this is going to work as we went through the season we were using things like our in-body machine to track to see how our weight program was going and how their their diet was going and then you'd see the in-body results every you know five or six weeks when you do them and You'd make your cute little notes on there of what they what they were doing. They were charming. Yeah, yeah. And I'd be like, I need to talk to them and you'd be like, No, no, don't do that. Let's let's just wait a little bit, you know. but we really saw some incredible stuff because going into it we understood like over a 10-year span at the junior college level what the size of the teams looked like that had won national championships or placed in the top three in the country so we knew what the size of the teams had looked like so we knew what we had to start with and we knew how to you know we didn't necessarily know how to get there and that's where you kind of came in and You know it was our most successful season ever and most wins in school history and you know it was it was an incredible season so you played a a, an enormous enormous role in that piece because when we're on the bus they they had schedules at different points of you know hey we need to eat at this point and as maybe we'd make a pit stop at a gas station Rd Kate's name would always be coming up when somebody was in the candy aisle, <laughs> uh, or you know, and I, 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 have, I still have pictures from you know somebody sliding into Burger King instead of you know the Subway when you go into those places, and they've got a couple spots to eat, you know, and they're they're talking they're they're they're, they're oh, talking right. about you. So the the whole moral of that story is that you made an impact, so that they were thinking about it, and if they can carry that on to not only themselves but maybe their friends to their family that's a really really good thing and that's Mm -hmm. one of the really good things of coaching too so we have questions that come in from our listeners and they will typically email me or direct message me and so we have a question for kate that came in from robert and robert wants to know if pop is good for you before competition And secondly, how important is, which is a totally (laughs) separate question, but how important is vitamin D?
0: Those are very two separate questions. You might have to remind me of the second one. Okay. So one thing that athletes are going to learn really quickly, if they hear me speak, hear me answer questions, is that they're going to learn really quickly that nutrition is not black and white. There's a lot of gray area and there's a lot of context we need to cover before I'm going to answer just about any question directly. So an answer to the question of, is pop a good idea before I play? So first, what athletes need to understand is that one of the most important things we have to have on board to exercise is carbohydrate, carbohydrate fuel. And carbohydrate fuel comes from a lot of different foods, namely fruits and any of your grain foods are kind of the two biggest ones. Dairy also contains some, so does vegetables. But where else do we find carbohydrate? Well, carbohydrate is essentially sugar, so we're going to find it in pop. We're going to find it in um, sports drink. We're going to find it in candy. We're going to find it in fruit snacks, right, all these sorts of things. So that begs the question, then where is the line between having, let's say, a banana, which is a fruit, and having a can of pop, which at the end of the day, when they're broken down in your body, they're both sugar, right? But they're clearly not the same thing. Right. So I think there's two things I, I encourage athletes to keep in mind when they're choosing their pre pre fuel or really kind of any fuel that's going to happen before, during or after training. I think the first thing is how quickly is it going to hit your system? How quickly is it going to hit your blood sugar? Um, because the, the more quickly something hits your blood sugar, the faster your body is going to react to it, the more you have a risk of having kind of this energy followed by a quick dip. In addition, the more quickly that you uh, digest something, if you, let's say, and we'll just use the pop example because that was the question, let's say you have a can of pop an hour out, that's going to get through your system pretty fast. So by the time you actually get to practice, you're probably already hitting a low in energy because it's it's just digested way too fast because all that's there is sugar. Versus if I had anything else, but we'll use the banana as an example. Well, banana has fiber, the fiber is going to slow down digestion. Okay, so that's one piece of the equation is how quickly is it going to hit my system? But the second piece is a little bit more practical and something that sometimes, sometimes athletes feel, sometimes they don't, which is, how is what you're choosing going to actually impact your gut and so the problem with pop aside from the fact that it, there's really nothing beneficial nutritionally to it other than you could argue the sugar which your body uses during exercise the biggest problem with pop is actually that it's it's has such a high sugar content that you actually run a pretty good big risk of having stomach upset from mm-hmm. it and especially depending on how much you take in what the quantity of that is and so that's why when you're training it's that's why i only
1: drink like four a day <laughs>
0: <laughs> but not before training right, right. <laughs> um but that's why sports drink is actually a better option than pop because the percent sugar in there the sugar content is actually lower in sports drinks than it is in pop and well, so well, it would have um, what
1: about elijah's impact. got a you know a, a sports drink sitting over there not here. a
0: sports drink <laughs>
1: <laughs> Pretty sure it's six grams. Yeah, see? Yeah, six grams. It's not a lot. Okay. Second question.
0: Vitamin D. Vitamin D. Um Yeah, so this is this is also a very long answer, which I will try to. I will try to cut it short. Okay. So um first of all, vitamin D Um, is a vitamin that your body uses for a lot of different processes, but specifically um, creating different hormones and making sure that those hormones react the right way inside your body. So that's, I guess, the really short answer to that piece of what vitamin D is. But the reason this has been coming up more, I'd say, in the last three years or so, is that there's been a lot more awareness of the fact that people are vitamin D deficient. Uh, And that's, that's true. I'd say the majority of individuals living north of Atlanta, Georgia, in the United States are vitamin D deficient. And that's that's pretty much, if you get checked, you probably are if you're not taking a vitamin D supplement. Why does this matter to athletes, right? Because we're going to keep it in the athletic realm. Well, it matters to athletes because, for two reasons. Number one, the research indicates that it seems that your risk of um, getting any sort of upper respiratory illness increases if you're vitamin D deficient. So when we talk about a sport, especially that plays in the fall or late fall, and that's when the flu season's going around and all that, right? That is something tangible that we can be doing is getting vitamin D levels checked, supplementing vitamin D to make sure that you are not getting deficient.
1: Where do you get those checked at?
0: So just going to your primary care physician that's and right. saying, "I just can I get my blood blood work done that's and right. I make sure you ask." for vitamin D because it is a separate draw now that being said some doctors will say no we're not gonna check it because of whatever reason they have but you can just go ahead and take this amount on a regular basis and you should be safe if you get that go ahead from your doctor that's fine now being a numbers person and a data person myself I would prefer to see yeah. but I can't like physically order that lab for you right and so Um, So it's a good reason for prevention of illness. The other reason is the research suggests that when you are vitamin D deficient, it's actually harder to hold on to muscle um, or to build muscle. And so... What do a lot of athletes want to yeah. do, right? And so it's just, it's another one of those things that it's tangible. We can somewhat easily control it. If we know that you're vitamin D deficient, we might as well fix that and cover for it. Um, so yes, I would say vitamin D is is pretty darn important to at least keep tabs on and kind of know where you're at if you're a high level athlete, especially. I
1: think one of the more overriding voices that I've heard initially getting into this was, isn't eating healthy? really expensive for a college athlete who's already typically on a you know a pretty tight budget
0: right so let's call a spade a spade and say yes it can be it can be absolutely right if you're gonna eat salmon every day or several times a week you know if you want to hit the big hitters like the things all over the internet that are like the 10 best foods which don't get me started on those lists, but you know, what does it always say? Salmon and quinoa and Brussels sprouts, you know, like the most expensive foods you could come up with, like Bison who's meat. writing this, you know, like <laughs> clearly, um, but there definitely are ways to go about it that are going to be cheaper. And and I think the less the less exciting foods are often just as good, if, if not better than yeah. all of these like salmon, whatever foods they're throwing at you. And so that's one of the things I've done with the stars and mm-hmm. I do with other teams is talking about how can we... Even take a step back and say, well, okay, fine. Can we do a better job of thinking about what meals you're going to make during the week? Can we meal prep? Can we write out a list before you go to the grocery store so we're not wasting money on things you're not going to eat anyway? Because so much food that is purchased is actually just, it goes right into the trash, right? They don't even use it. So let's be more efficient with how we get our food and then be more efficient with how we prepare our food so that you're actually eating that food and then, at the same time, let's use these ways in the grocery store to save money buying in bulk. You know, when you plan ahead, you can buy more at a time because you, you're confident you're going to use it. Right. You're not just like buying on a whim. So things and tactics like that are going to be actually much cheaper than not only the cost of, let's say, going out to eat or even fast food, but also the time. Because that's another complaint I get is why well, I don't have time to eat healthy.
1: It's it's, it's much you know, they're dealing with time constraints all the time and time management is super important, mm-hmm. but it's much easier to roll into the fast food place on the way to practice than it is to spend a few, you know, a few extra minutes making the peanut butter and jellies in the morning, Prep, yeah. you know, right. meal prepping. Exactly. And so i say it's just easier. And so yeah. how do you fight against that?
0: Yeah, so I think I think part of it is the buy-in, right? You, you just mm-hmm. have, you have to create the relationship with the mm-hmm. athlete, you have to get the buy-in. And sometimes like, this is my second year with the team. And so the beauty of that and the benefit of that is what can I do? I can say who's been with me last year? you tell the new yeah. guys what did right. this what did this mean to you? How did it impact you? What tactics did you use? What was easier for you? I mean as much as they hopefully will listen to me, you know how it is, right? If you've got somebody you look up to on the team and they're giving you advice, chances are you're you know if you want to be where they are, you're probably yeah. going to be more likely to follow that.
1: All right. let's let's keep a couple short answers here. What should athletes do pre-competition? What should they eat?
0: So pre-competition, the most important thing is you're not eating anything new. It's nothing. You shouldn't be having anything you haven't had before. Shouldn't Um, be eating
1: pasta dinners or...
0: Well, you could, you could. I think, I think it depends on what, what you're used to, you know, what you're used to playing on. It's, it, this also varies wildly depending on what sport we're talking about too. Um, but I'd say generally I, I recommend that athletes have their last full meal about three to four hours prior to competition, if possible, right? It's not always possible. We know what the stars, that's not always possible with their mm-hmm. schedule and so there's always caveats to these mm-hmm. things, right? But in an ideal world, if it's in your complete control that schedule, Three to four hours out, we're having our last meal um, and really thinking, starting, you know, continuing to hydrate well if you're not at that point. So really getting those fluids into your system. A couple of hours out is a good time to have a snack. And so this could be like a granola bar with maybe 10 grams of protein. This could be like a peanut and jelly sandwich or a half a mm-hmm. PB&J. This could be a, a, like an individual package of trail mix, but something to kind of continue those good energy levels, keep them stable. And then for some athletes, depending on if they're playing, what the intensity of the game is, their personal preference, how quickly they digest things. We'll have even a little bit more right before that game starts. So some sort of, I call it like a carbohydrate topper. So maybe like a banana um, works really well or a clementine or a handful of pretzels or you know something like that to kind of top things off. But of course, we don't want to forget The liquids the fluid and how important that is so a good rule of thumb is two hours out from the start of competition two cups of fluid an hour out a cup of fluid but then we're continuing to sip you know sips and gulps throughout the competition let's say in a situation like a baseball a baseball game sips and gulps throughout so that you're not like getting waterlogged but you're not going so long that suddenly you know we're halfway through the game you realize you haven't been having any liquids any fluids
1: coach boyer you're a Pretty healthy human being. <laughs> you also coach first base for us, and I noticed um, that you give out treats to hitters that reach first base and second, too. What you giving them?
0: I'm giving them sour gummy worms right now.
1: <laughs> Is that okay, Kate? During the game? Yeah.
0: That's actually okay. That's, that's fine with me, as long as they're not getting like a whole package. No, <laughs> yeah. just, just one, one or two. One gummy. No, I actually had a goal ball female athlete, and she loved fruit snacks, And I, and I said, okay. Stop eating them three hours out from the game. I said, You have that ten minutes out and I'll be happy with you. And she her jaw dropped. She could not believe I just gave her permission. Mm-hmm. And I said, Well, it's it's basically just sugar. It's carbohydrate, so let's use it wisely. Yeah. And she did every game. She had her her gummy bears. We yeah. saw
1: that last year with actually a player that um didn't realize how much he loved gummy bears or whatever, and we had a bag in there, and he ate pretty much the whole bag. And legitimately, oh, no. he he was an outfielder, and I'd never seen him run that fast before. <laughs> <laughs> it's a true story Peak too. I mean, it was, it's just incredible. So Peak performance from yeah, gummy bears. Yeah, so that's, that's that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Marshawn Lynch kind of started that. That was the first time I had saw somebody eating candy during the, during the games when he was a big, he's a big Skittle guy. Do you remember that? A little bit, a little bit. You have to look it up. He he loved Skittles. You'd see him eating them on the
0: sideline. And then I started reading sometimes that that's not the worst thing in controlled amounts. Yeah. Yeah agree but it's but it's all in the context right like yeah a lot what, of context. like any kind of food or drink like what are we talking about yeah like are we in the game are we outside of the game like what what season of the year are we in with your training right like mm-hmm. that's why context is so important, so important when you're reading things online or thinking about yourself or whatever yeah. the case
1: all right so we've uh we're running close on time so final question what's a typical session look like when you come to mentor sports teams
0: um so a group session you mean? Mm-hmm. Um so I'm a big fan of uh, education combined with application. Combined with uh, audience participation, and so those three aspects are are in just about every presentation that I give. Um, Again, the topic is just dependent on conversations that have been had. If I've done surveys, you know, any any of these things can play into that. Um, But yeah, so generally, I'm going to start out. If I've never seen the team, I'll I'll jump right into a little bit of education. If I have seen the team before, um, I'll be asking, you know, tell me what you learned from last time. Can anybody name this, that, or the next thing? Anybody have any success stories? But yeah, so just kind of going through an educational thing to start because that's when I have the most attention. but then when I kind of sense that we're starting to fade or gloss yeah. over, then I'll start you know, either right. throwing out questions or switching over to some sort of you know participatory um, activity something of that nature.
1: Thank you again for the incredible impact you've had on our baseball team. We could have not have done what we did last season without your love and guidance. Well,
0: you helped you. us
1: so much on those bus trips including the 996 mile trip to Oklahoma. The snack box is the lifelong lessons about diet that everyone in our program has been able to take away. You are special, and we're so happy to have you on board for our journey to becoming better in all that we do. Until next time, thank you to all of our listeners and to Elijah and Kate for joining me today in the WLNZ Studios. Go Stars. Coach Cutts Corner is recorded live in the WLNZ studios. Engineering and production assistance are provided by Delian Lowry. Thanks for listening, and if you enjoyed today's podcast, please share it and follow us on all the platforms of social media. You can find more about our program at lccstars.com, and donations to our baseball program can be made at the same site. See you next time.